because it, it, it is it is sometimes challenging, especially in the corporate area, to make sure that companies understand that it's not what a company can do for an autistic person, it's what an autistic person can do for that company. Tony Hernandez Pumarejo, writer and author, professional and motivational speaker, TV presenter, life coach, and international ambassador for autism and mental health. He is proud to invite you to his podcast, My Time, with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. Hi, and welcome to this new episode of My Time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. And this is your host, Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. If you don't know who I am, or if you've never heard about my work, and this is your first time that you're tuning in, you know, either by, you know, watching me or listening to me, I first just wanted to say welcome. Welcome to my podcast. It means a lot to me that you're taking time away from your, from your daily life to take a few minutes, 30 up to an hour, depending on the interview, to listen to what I had to say, to listen to, to the interviews, the people that I want to, you know, that I want to bring to the podcast, and more important, to listen to the different stories which may have an impact in your life. I don't know who you are, where you come from, but whenever you are, whoever you are in this world, I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to this podcast, My Time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. This podcast was, you know, launched about a year ago. And we're relaunching it and making it better than ever before. We have new background, microphone, camera, lights, and we have new guests. And what, what all for the same purpose, to talk about topics and issues that impact our community and to showcase and highlight the stories of different people from all walks of life. And before we go to our interview, I want to take this moment to recognize and to give my gratitude to the people that have helped me in contribute to make this podcast a success, especially in its relaunch. I want to take a you know publicly to thank Luis Dupre and his son Brandon Dupre, who has been who have both of them have been working and helping me and working with them, you know, together in in terms of editing, working on the new graphics and the new intro of my time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. Their contribution has been amazing. And I truly greatly appreciate the work that Luis uh, Dupre and his son, Brandon Dupre, have done to make this podcast an amazing and amazing show for anyone that is watching or tuning in. So, so I want to thank, thank them, and I want to thank everybody who has contributed as well to the success of this podcast. So let us begin today uh, with, with, the, with this episode of my time. Uh, today I had the honor and privilege to interview Dr. Kerry Magro. Dr. Kerry Magro is an award-winning autistic professional speaker, best-selling author, and autism consultant to the HBO series Miss Flesher and the latest season of Netflix Emmy Award 
winning series Love on the Spectrum USA. He started professional speaking 12 years ago by the National Speakers Association after he fell in love with theater as a child to help with his social and communication skills. Today, Dr. Magro, he has spoken at over 1,200 events during that time, including two TED, TEDx talks and a talks at Google presentation. In addition, Kerry is CEO and president of the KFM Making a Difference, a nonprofit organization that hosts inclusion events and has provided 100 scholarships for students with autism or autistic students for college and, the, and, and counting since 2011. In his spare time, he hosts a Facebook page called Carrie's Autism Journey that now has 253,000 Facebook followers where he does on-camera interviews highlighting people impacted by a diagnosis to breaking barriers in our community. His videos he's produced have been watched over 35 million times. Also, Kerry has been NBC, you know, he has been on NBC's Today Show, CBS News, Fox, Upworthy, along with additional outlets. Kerry's best-selling books include Defining Autism from the Heart and Autism and Falling in Love, I Would Lie That Blue, and his latest book, Autistics on Autism, have reached Amazon bestseller list for special needs parenting. And I can and I can honestly, honestly say that without Dr. Kerry Magro, his mentorship, which you know, I consider Dr. Magro a mentor to me, which I had the honor and privilege of meeting a few years ago when he came to Orlando to interview me alongside other members of our autism and autistic community. And I can public, publicly say that without his leadership, I would not be here today. So I greatly appreciate and I look at, you know, and I see Dr. Magro as a mentor and life coach. So without further ado, let us go to the interview that, that I had with my fellow friend and autistic self-advocate, the one and lonely, Dr. Kerry Magro. Kerry, thank you so much for being with me here today in this episode of My Time. Tony, I'm, I'm honored to be here and thank you for that nice comment. Uh, you are killing it uh, recently and uh, for you to call me your mentor means means a lot to me. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I remember that the, it wasn't that long ago when you came into Orlando and you were doing your interviews, which you do on Facebook, interviewing with members, members of our community. Um, I, I remember I reached out to you back in 2018, uh, and we met in person and you didn't interview, you know, you interviewed me, um, you know, which I talk about my story and I was truly, truly privileged. And, you know, you have interviewed thousands and thousands of people around the world of our community. I, and I wanted to start right off the bat, you know, going around the, around the world, what has been the impact of the interviews that you have done with autistic people and their families? Well, how has that impacted you in your life, not only in your career, but also in your personal life as an autistic advocate? I think just seeing the perspectives of the interviews that truly really changed people. I mean, we we had so many people who started self-advocating for themselves as soon as they did a video and we posted it on our Facebook page, Carrie's Autism Journey. So we saw a lot of people just reach out with so much positive praise of doing the videos and then getting to share that with family members. And uh, yeah, it's it's been truly amazing. I'm uh, I'm truly blessed. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to do as many interviews recently as I would like to. 
uh, life gets busy, but uh, I, I'm just thrilled. I mean, highlighting you, Tony, highlighting people with Down syndrome, cerebral palsy. I mean, we've we've really helped shape what disability looks like by getting to highlight the stories of those who are impacted by it. Definitely, and it's not only autism, but also other dis you know other conditions. Are the differences in our neurodiversity special needs community? Each person has a, each person has a story to tell. And it's our, you know, and through your work and also through my work as an advocate, we want to share those stories to, you know, to go beyond the awareness, but, and beyond the acceptance and to show to society that each person can make that difference in this world. And you have done that through your life story. And I wanted to ask you, I, I always ask this uh, with my guests, you know, how, can, how would you define the life of Dr. Kerry Magro in just a few words? Uh, <laughs> ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. I, I, I feel like as human beings, we're, we're always trying to learn. And I feel like if it wasn't for that kind of self-motivation and passion, I don't know, I would not be speaking to, to you today as part of this podcast. Um, it's ongoing and I feel like I'm, I, I'm I'm not chasing perfection, but I, I I try every day to to find my life and my journey in the way that I best see it every single day. So uh, it's been quite the journey. So if I had to define my life up to this point, it's just ongoing story. Definitely. And then let's talk about your life story, Carrie. Uh, at what age were you diagnosed autistic? Sure. So I was diagnosed with autism when I was four. Uh, dealt with a wide range of sensory challenges, communication challenges, but luckily because of my parents, my village, I was able to learn how to find my voice when I was a non-speaking child. And uh, yeah, that's kind of just how it started, 1992. So 21 years now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're kind of around the 31 same. 31 years, sorry. No, it's okay. We're around the same age range because I was diagnosed autistic or with autism at age three in 93. And this is the early 90s. And as you know, there was not much information about autism or special needs, awareness and advocacy as we see today. I think we can probably say, we more likely can say is that there were a lot of ignorance and, and people with autism or any other disability or special condition were seen more of a burden or a completely stereotype in society and cast aside. That was the vision out, you know, you know, early 90s and before. And obviously this one, I was diagnosed at 93, 94 came the DSM-4. And remember that the, which came with the de definitions of autism, Asperger's, and the other one that I always forget, which is the, the PD, I always forget PDB that. PDB NOS, yeah. Yep. Which, which in fact, you were diagnosed with that one. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. And and it's part of the, you know that journey that we were you know going through all these challenges and you know and speak and going more in deep into this, Carrie, if you can tell us a little bit about how was your childhood growing up, if you had any hobbies, what was your experiences in school? Uh, there are very hand miss. I went to a private school for kids with learning disabilities for most of my adolescence, but it took a long road towards finding that the supports that could help me thrive. I legitimately, I went to five different public schools within the first four years. I was in school and uh, grade school, and that was really, really tough. 
dealt with a lot of transition issues, dealt with a lot of bullying, dealt with a lot of emotional challenges. But uh, like Temple, who will be on your show, says interest and talents can turn into careers. I was able to work with my teachers to find what my interests were, and that paved my middle school and high school um, academic journey. Definitely. And in terms of one of the challenges, and um, I think, you know, because, you know, autism is, is a spectrum, you know, some right. you know, parents can see us talking, but there's a reality that there's autistic, there are nonverbal. And sometimes I, lo- I don't like to get much into the functioning label. I focus more, more on needs. You know, each autistic person has, you know, the challenges and needs and we, and we're different, you know, do- like Dr. Stephen Shore says, if you meet one person with autism or autistic, you meet one autistic person. And there's yeah. more than 70 million of us reported diagnosed. And I mean, and I say diagnosed because as you know, there's more than that, you know, in, in this world. But, you know, as you were growing up, you know, how was, how difficult was for you to make friends or to make connections with others, both friendships and even uh, dating relationships as you were growing up? To the- yeah, I, I it, it was, it, it was tough. Uh, I didn't have my first real friend until I was about 14. And it was really, really challenging to find people who shared similar interests to me because I was like, I had sensory challenges. So I would stim, which for people watching at home, rubbing my hands together and people would always think I was weird because of that. So it wasn't until I really got comfortable with a few people that like friendships became something that made sense to me. And then later on relationships, I mean, I, 18, I did not know how to talk to women. I still probably don't know how to talk to women. You can ask my girlfriend about that. Uh, (laughs) Same here. Same here. I'm with you. Yeah, but it's uh, it it was a long road uh, towards building social skills when the schools really didn't do that much. I mean, a lot of it was just very academic based, but not really focused on helping me find those connections and find meaningful friendships. So uh, but luckily, my, my parents were some of my biggest supports. They got me peer-to-peer uh, support just with play dates to kind of get me out of my shell. And uh, that, that really helped tremendously during my journey. And then also finding interests and trying to find other people with those similar interests. And, and it's very important that you mentioned that because social relationships in regards to dating is one of the biggest challenges that we face as autistic people. And, and you know, I, I have to say that. I, that's an area I wish... You know, some people may say, oh, you, you're successful. They see the outside. I'm, I'm assuming the same thing that happened with you. Uh, yeah. But they, so a lot of times they don't, they, don't, they don't see the behind the scenes, the background. They don't see the struggles that we go through, uh, the struggles that I go through to, in relationships, in dating, which I still go through this day. In my case, anxiety, which is a challenge that, you know, we fa- you know, a lot of autistics face in this community, something that I had to deal with because they see what is in the screen, in the social media post, in the video. I'm assuming this has been the same uh, with you. And it's very important to realize that each autistic person, sure, you know, some have, may have reached a more functional level or more independence, but doesn't mean that we're completely out when, you know, autism is part of our lives. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think it is one of the biggest challenges. I mean, it is a spectrum. So, I mean, I, I know people to this day who are great at the social end, but 
aren't great at the sensory end. So we have to be mindful of that, but it definitely is one of the bigger challenges I see across the board. Um, and it's something we need to address, not only in our schools, but as we know in the autism community, people with autism don't age out of having autism. And uh, there are a lot of autistic adults who also don't have the social skills training and aren't able to really find those connections. So it's it, it's important upon all of us. I like to say that we need to advocate for, to provide reliable autism resources across the lifespan for our entire community. Definitely. And we talk about, you know, advocacy to advocate. But a lot of times, you know, I feel like you know, we, you know, I think we need to talk about how to advocate, how to advocate uh, from us as autistic individuals, how parents can advocate for their children throughout the lifespan, uh, you know, other professionals in the community, you know, how would you define uh, for a public that may not be very, you know, people that may not be familiar with autism advocacy or autism advocate, how would you define that? How would you define autism advocacy? Autism advocacy is a spectrum, but <laughs> autism advocacy is about looking and proactively finding ways of using not only your voice, but the voice of others to help make meaningful change within the autism community. I, I feel like there's so many ways people can advocate, whether it's posting on social media about legislation that they see in their local communities, going and having conversations with their senators, their local legislators about their own journeys and why talking about the autism community is important. There's so many great ways of advocating, and I feel like that would be the way I would define autism advocacy. Excellent. I like that. And it's very important to know. So that way, all of us, you know, each of us have a role in this community. And it's very important to be able to achieve the mission that all of us aspire, which is a better quality of life for every autistic individual and their families in this world. And, you know, I, re I really respect your work. And I, you know, I'm proud to say that without you and your mentorship and your leadership and your life coaching, I would not be here. And, you know, and, and again, I'm very grateful for that, uh, Dr. Magro. Um, and, you know, tell us a little bit, you know, a little bit about you. Now you as an adult growing up, do you face any challenges in regards to employment or, you know, starting your own business that you'd like to share with the public? Yeah, uh, employment wise, it, it was always interesting when, when anyone ever asked me this question, because I've been self-employed. I'm a full-time professional speaker and I talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion with a lot of different companies, especially around neurodiversity in the workplace. So. I haven't really seen a employment environment for just a little over seven years now. And I I, I feel for so many of the kids I work with and young adults I work with because it, it it is it is sometimes challenging, especially in the corporate area, to make sure that companies understand that it's not what a company can do for an autistic person, it's what an autistic person can do for that company. And sometimes we need to change that narrative. So um, I, I had some challenges. Uh, disclosing my diagnosis was one of the big challenges when I was just starting off. Um, but once I got more comfortable in my own skin, I started self-advocating for myself more. I started researching groups who hired people who are autistic. Things became a lot easier to understand. Definitely. You know, and that's part of the mission because... You know, in terms of employment, my, right now, and I'm speaking 
more for myself. I, I, I've gone beyond just in terms of advocating for people, autistic people or neurodiverse people or to just get an employment is how to get a career out for autistics to advocate for opportunities to grow within, you know, within a company. Uh, a lot of times there's not much, you know, talk about that, you know, in terms of the benefits package, for example, which is very important, health insurance, financial planning, not just simply just getting a job, but how to give autistic individuals the support in terms of making the choices in regards to benefits, for example, right? In, in, in regards to their job. And I know you've done this through your, through your speaking engagements. And also a lot of concern, you know, obviously, as you know, there's a, a, sometimes there's a lot of concern in regards to um, autistic individuals that receive, uh, for example, government benefits, let's say, you know, social security. And they're concerned if they get a, a job, uh, they have to keep in mind, you know, they're concerned that they're going to lose social security. They're going to lose their benefits. I mean, there's some, you know, challenges um, that impact in regards to employment and career. Um, what do you think that that much, what else, much more, what else needs to be done in regards to address those challenges? It's, it's a lot. Uh, for, first, we need to discuss with our companies, human resource departments, about ethical practices of hiring people who are autistic, understanding the ROI benefits that accompany that, understanding employment compensation, understanding 504 compliance, uh, or 503 compliance, uh, and understanding that companies are more, people are more likely to patronize with companies that hire people with disabilities. It's been a proven fact for ages now. So I, I think from the focus on employment, though, we just need our HR departments to understand this whole definition of neurodiversity and make sure that when we're talking about our onboarding practices, we are doing things like a one-day job trial for in individuals in the autism world who might have challenges with eye contact, who might have challenges with small talk. Um, there's so much that can be done. It's just about taking those first few steps to have those initial conversations. Definitely. It's, you know, that's the key, having those conversations with employers, within the marketplace of how to create those conditions and provide those resources. And, and I really agree. I appreciate what you're doing for our community, especially in that area of employment. And Carrie, you mentioned that you're self-employed and we know that you're motivating, you know, you're a national public speaker. What motivated you to become a public speaker? What was the motivation? I just... I've, I've been a disability advocate since I was 19, when I was a freshman in college, and the idea of advocating to support others who didn't have a voice and to give back to a community that already given me so much became something when I was looking at master's programs to continue my education, I realized that people were making full-time careers in public speaking, and I kind of just jumped in headfirst, learned as much as I could, got a scholarship, to pursue my master's and uh, haven't looked back. And being one of the only uh, professionally certified public speakers who's openly autistic in the country, it's given me the incredible opportunity to discuss the speaker bureaus as well, the idea of hiring more autistic and neurodivergent people. And no, and, and that's very important because, you know, and I, you know, I know you receive it through your work and I also receive it through my work as well. And I can include myself in it because I'm inspired to become more of a, you know, you know, expand my brand as a speaker, motivational professional speaker in my, you know, as well. Um, but you know, you know, what would you say, uh, Carrie, 
to an autistic person that is watching this podcast who is not sure or doesn't know where to go or how to become, to share his story, more than becoming just a motivational public speaker, but to share his story with the world. Uh, based on your life experience up to this point, if you have an autistic person watching or listening to this podcast, what would you say to him or to her uh, in terms, if he or she wants to become a speaker and share his story with the world, what advice or tip would you have for them? Yeah, um, and Tony, this is advice I've, I've shared with you in the past. Uh, the idea of writing a blog, being able to write about your perspectives of growing up with autism, to discuss topics that are passionate to you in the autism community. And then a little later down the line, once you have that website, you have that blog, then start reaching out to people, researching, looking at organizations that have speakers come in, whether it's a breakout, and then just start small, start volunteering, volunteer to speak for like five minutes about your life's journey, and then just take it very slow and find your niche. That That's the most important thing. It's like my niche was, it started out being early intervention, and then it went to employment. You have to find what you're an expert in and then talk about that topic as as much as you can and realize it's a journey it's it's not overnight where you're going to just land like 20 speaking engagements right off the bat it's going to take some time but um it, it's been really fulfilling uh just for my own uh personal journey of doing this part-time and then now making this a full-time career no, well said. And you mentioned something very important because it's not just optimism, but there's the niche. What is your, the area that you're most specialized? I think it's, you know, it's different for all of us. You know, as for you, you mentioned you started in early intervention, then you moved to employment and you also touched the area of bullying, bullying, you know, prevention. Um, in my case, you know, employment, mental health. So, you know, I think that's the key because, you know, starting with your niche, is the best way to do it. And I, and I know I, I just wanted to comment that, you know, I just found, you know, I, I sent like letters the other day to more than 400 organizations, autism special needs organizations, you know, around the world. So, you know, it's not easy. It's a journey. It's a process, but the thing is to never give up. I appreciate you, you know, sharing your insights and your story. And, but you know that, you know, Carrie, you know that there's different issues uh, that impact our community. Unfortunately, you know, there's different debates impacting our community. Uh, for example, in the terms of the use of the first or the third language of you know, autism or autistic, uh, the opinions of different therapies and treatments, the debate of parents and autistic adults, and another debate, my autism is different than yours. And you know, and you've seen this, you lived through these debates. And I've lived through these debates as well. Um I know, we don't, I know we don't have much time to talk about this in depth. Maybe we can do it in another time. But overall, uh, what do you think about these debates uh, happening in our community? And do you believe that are they're taking away from the main mission of quality of life or or no? What what do you think? You're talking about person first versus identity first language? The, the, the different debates in our community. Okay, the dif different debates, Scott. Yeah. Well, um, Eileen Lamb discusses this in great detail from her work with the Facebook page, The Autism Cafe. For any uh, families or anyone who's watching that, I would definitely recommend following her. She's an autistic advocate. 
but she also herself has a kid who's on the autism spectrum. Um, There's way too much debate in in our society. And I try to not dismiss it, but I I, I don't try to invest my time in it because I, I don't find it fruitful towards our conversations about making meaningful change for the community. I think it's just, we we need to have larger conversations about advocacy more than whether or not somebody's gonna use person first or identity first language, or if somebody's gonna talk about a cure for autism, or if they're going to talk about the idea of neurodiversity. I feel like we we just need to steer away from those conversations and focus more on how we can go about getting resources for our families who are struggling. Well said. It's about the resources and supports to to help in that quality of life of not only the uh, the human being who is diagnosed autistic, but also their families, their, their loved ones. Because autism not only impacts, you know, the you know, the human being who has a diagnosis, the child or the adult, but also impacts the family as well. You know, parents had to make a sacrifice. A lot of them had to, you know, quit their jobs. They lose income because to take care of their loved one. Or, you know, as as they grow adult, you know, there, there's a lot of challenges right now with the unemployment, you know, with the um, unemployment rate. There's been progress for different businesses in terms of hiring initiatives for autistic, in, you know, individuals, but much more needs to be done. Also, there's a challenge in regards to housing, you know, autistic adults, difficulty in finding housing. So I think that, you know, and I'm with you, that we have to focus on this. How can we come up with the right solutions in providing those resources and supports for autistic you know, human beings across the lifespan and their families and help them with the challenges that they face in their daily lives? Yeah, agreed. Definitely. And I really appreciate you, you know, sharing this, uh, Carrie Maggard, because, you know, Carrie, uh, as you know, you started, you know, your advocacy journey, you know, in 19, and you have seen how it's evolved. We have more, you know, people telling their stories on social media, you know, advocacy, advocates, uh, and and based on, you know, what you have seen through your, you know, your story, uh, today in regards to autism, what do you think is missing? What do you think uh, that we can do better? In, again, in providing the resources and supports for families, uh, do you think that there's some topics that perhaps we should talk more in our community? If you can please provide us uh, a little bit of insight in, reg- in, in regards to, uh, to that. Yeah, I. It, it's hard because every area is different, but like the the idea of talking about therapies, like occupational physical speech. There's so many different therapies we should have larger conversations about and how they could potentially help an autistic individual. We should always talk about early detection that you can diagnose autism as early as 18 months. Um, And then the adult issues, housing, employment, post-secondary, guardianship, uh, they they often fall through the cracks. And and Carrie, um, I just, you know, as as we move along with our interview, I, I know based on your story, I know that, you know, I've seen your interviews and I know that, and I want to ask you this very important question that is very, you know, very important for me. Uh, what has been the impact of your parents, of both your mom and your dad, in, you know, in, in terms of how you have grown up in your life? How, you know, what is the impact that your parents have had in your life? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be who I am today without them. They were creating a wheel for me in terms of advocacy when 
there was only one special education program in my district, in, in, in my school. And um, yeah, I, I, they are two of my best friends. Just, I, I, I came up with the quote, autism doesn't come with an instruction guide. It comes with a family. It sometimes comes with a family who will never give up. And, um, you know, I, when I say that quote, I, I, I think about them sometimes. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be who I am today. And just, I, I'm so thrilled that I, I lucked out because uh, I know a lot of uh, kids who sometimes don't get that. Um, so I'm just blessed to have two incredible people in my life like them. Well said. And I love what you're saying, you know, recognizing your parents and being grateful of the impact that both, you know, both your mom and your dad has had and continue to have in your life, uh, which, you know, helps you feel, you know, in terms of helping your life and helping others through your work. And it's, it's truly amazing. And Carrie, I want to talk, you know, talk about more about your work. You know, I know you have written different books, you know, for autism. Even in one of those books in which you share different stories about autism, which I was privileged and honored to be part of that, in, in, of those books. If you can tell us a little bit about your books and also if you have any upcoming projects uh, with our, you know, that are with our public. Yeah. Um, so I've written four books. Uh, they're all available. Check out on Amazon. If you just search my name, Carrie Magro. Um, I wrote a book on self-advocacy when I was 25 called Defining Autism from the Heart. So 10 years ago. Uh, Autism and Falling in Love, a book about relationships and how you could become the best quality version of yourself or your partner. Uh, a children's book called I Will Light Up Blue uh, to educate younger kids about autism. And then uh, the book that you were in, Tony, Autistics on Autism, uh, which highlights a hundred stories of autistic individuals and what helped them succeed. Uh, and all the proceeds from that book go back to my nonprofit, KFM Making a Difference, where we provide scholarships for autistic students, uh, disability advocacy, and also small business grants for small businesses that hire people with disabilities, too. Awesome. That's very awesome what you're doing. You know, your books have been impactful. I remember I got, I got you know, I bought your first book when you came in in person in Orlando a couple of years ago. And I also got the book from Autistics, I, you know, and it's it's truly really amazing the work that you do. And we're very grateful. I think I, I can speak, you know, you know, our community is very grateful for the work that you do. And Carrie, this interview has been truly amazing. And again, thank you so much for sharing uh, your life story. And but before we go, um, I just wanted to see and ask you if you know, if you have a message uh, that you have uh, for society, for our community in terms of autism that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I, it's it's a message that I conclude most of my talks with, whether it's a school or a company, it's that don't let any one thing in your life define who you are. Uh, I like to say that autism can't define me and I define autism. And I can only hope for all of those watching that you can go out there and you can define your lives and your journeys in the way that you best see it every single day. Well said, very beautiful indeed. I mean, your you know your life story is truly amazing. It's truly inspirational. Um, what did, where, where can people find you in social media? Do you have you know social media and website? Yeah, so uh, people can contact me on my website, carrymagro.com. That's where I have my speaker form. If you know the school or a company that needs a speaker for professional development, 
uh, definitely reach out. It's actually right behind me, carrymagro.com. Uh, I'm also on social media. My Facebook page is Carrie's Autism Journey, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you name it. And uh, yeah, and you can check out my books on Amazon. Definitely. I'm going to put the, uh, when, once we publish the episode, we're going to put all the links to your website, through all your social media. Uh, so that way, uh, the people, you know, our, our community that is listening and watching this uh, this interview, which is going to have subtitles in Spanish as well. And I was going to ask you, I'm not going to let you off the, off the hook. I remember that you were working on translating one of your books in Spanish. Is that correct? Or Yeah, it's something I still need to get done. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I definitely want to translate all my books uh, in addition to offering an audio book for my uh book autistics on autism so uh i swear I, I wish i had more time for a lot of things but it's it, it's still something i want to do i don't know when it's gonna happen but it's something i want to do no you're, you're a busy person but you're making a big a long-lasting and positive difference in the world and that's how i define the life of dr carrie magro carrie this is your home you're more than welcome to come back anytime to talk more about autism and the issues impact our society and you know, our community, especially. And I want to thank you so much for being with me here today in this episode of My Time with Tony Hernandez Puma. I greatly appreciate you and I wish you the best and much success in your project, your career and life. Thank you, Tony. You the same. You the same. Thanks, everyone, for having me. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of My Time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. I hope you enjoyed this interview that I did with Dr. Curry Magro and that it can be a great help and support, especially if you're an autistic person or you're in a parent of a loved one with autism or any member of the autism and special needs community. Until next time, this is Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. See you. Well, this is the end of another episode of My Time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. Tony hopes you liked it. If you'd like to learn more about the work Tony does, subscribe to him on his social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, which is now X, and his LinkedIn page. You can also follow Tony on his website at TonyHernandezPumarejo.com. Also, if you are interested in getting a copy of his book, An Autism Unscripted Life, you can purchase it on Amazon or any book-selling platform. You can also obtain a copy through his website. So, until the next time you meet... Thank you and have a wonderful day. Blessings. <laughs>